That's my band. This is Howie Mandel does stuff. I'm Howie Mandel. His his her Uh-oh. mic's not on. No. But and Gary V is here. I am here. You are here. You're and amazing. And my mic is working. Mine is oh, mine. You're, you're, ah, you're working it works. Too. Yes. I thought they turned it off on purpose. So uh, Gary V, I I uh, I I have a special place in my heart for you, and not because of your uh, entrepreneurial expertise and not because of your success what about my looks not because of that not because of that no that's right well you look you're gorgeous people don't know this but and you probably watch him online and things like that but he's even more stunning in person you sparkle thank you Mm -hmm. you're very sweet she is that's my kid sometimes um but I, i think that you are this generation's philosopher very nice. No, but and I and I think that people uh, grasp onto you and your philosophies, and you know, in thousands of years ago, when we listened to philosophers, you know, it was uh, to get maybe peace of mind. I think that the measure of your philosophy is your success. You know, and and people maybe listen to you more because they can look at how many dollars or that you can make or how many followers you can get by following your philosophy. But I think that your philosophy is so much deeper than views and likes and bucks and, and whatever. And that is, and I'll let you speak to it in a minute, but this is what I've attached myself to. Uh, people ask me, what, what word of advice would you give? And I always said, before I, I knew you, it was Nike and that's just do it. Hmm. You know, and and it, it, I believe that as human beings, we have this superpower called instinct. Yes. And I think we all don't follow instinct because we think. And thinking- And fear. That's what thinking we, brings. Yeah, 100%. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you please, because you're on a roll. I was, just, I was just trying to jam, you know, like the band. But these are all your, these well, are all your- You know what's funny, and you know this, I'm, I hope you can see them, I get the goosebumps. I always like when, I always enjoy when I think someone sees it. The greatest joys of my life, even as a child, getting D's and F's, was big shout out Mrs. Kennedy, Spanish teacher, she got it. She was one of the only ones that, in those 12 years of my life, that got it. Which was, I was above this 1980s school structure, not because I was cool or I knew how to make money, I just knew. And like, when I hear you start this show, it's uncomfortably humbling, because I appreciate it. Because it's funny, when you were talking, I'm like, yeah, the businessman me, and the social media, I'm just kind of almost using that to trick them to listen. Well, you're not tricking it. I don't I, know that I, you're I use, tricking. I use trick as a slang term. Thank you for jumping in. What I say by that is I'm pumped that the certain parts of my life, whether it's the entrepreneurship part, whether it's the Jersey part, whether it's the competitive part, whether it's the Jets fan, whatever it is, I'm thrilled that I got fortunate enough in the DNA circumstance parenting game that gave me something that will allow people to take a look and then I can start my thing. To your point, like I've, I'm incredibly motivated by this weird mix of guilt and gratitude. Like I don't even, you know, you, and I listen, back to you being a fan, like I'm, I was born in, 19, I'm 48 years old. I know. I know a lot about you long before you didn't have hair. I, <laughs> like I, do you know how much admiration I have for your generation's comic. Do you know how much work that was? You know how lucky these kids are? If they had the same talent you had, and you have, they're three TikTok videos away from starting. The level of shit that you and your contemporaries, AKA work, effort, 
all those shows, all that work, all those auditions, all that work, it's instantaneous now in today's world if you have the talent. And so, you know, I appreciate you seeing what you've seen in me from afar and I'm pumped to be here and I'm thrilled to be on the show and I'm pumped. But the 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 uh, where I will argue with Please. you is that I I think just by being human, yes, you have a talent. I agree. And I think the difference between when people look at entrepreneurship and when they look at people like Steve Jobs or they look at people like Bezos or they look at people like you, the difference between that person listening and watching you and them is they're just not doing it. Well, a couple you, things. Oh, no, please, you. You had mentioned previously about your Spanish teacher and the 1980s way of like doing stuff in school. Do you think that maybe part of the problem is... I'm a teacher and I love education, but the school system and putting people in this box and in this bubble and there's one right way to do it and it kind of stifles the creativity or it makes you more fearful to go out and do stuff on your own. I do. It's so funny because I talk a lot about school and like mm -hmm. a lot of teachers and it goes back to do people see me or don't they? When you have this level of personality, when you do what I do, I'm aware that you could get opposite points of view on someone on first take. And I'm always sad when people don't realize the, the, the main thing I believe in in life is education. The really? But how, and, but how you receive that? Correct. What I argue is the packaging and the way we sell it in today's world, and definitely the world I lived in, is there's a challenge to that. It doesn't fit the reality of many human beings. And more importantly, there's, there's collateral damage to it because we're teaching people a certain way. And so, but advertising is education. Advertising is communication, absolutely, it's communication. It's education, it's, it's people trying to conceive and storytell and send a message. Entertainment, advertising, teaching, they all touch in those ways, but I love the way you said it. Like, you know, you believe in education, but even in the way you asked the question, being that you're in the trenches, you know the truth, you see every day through the years that you've been doing this certain kids that you have complete confidence in your stomach, intuition, that they're great kids and they're gonna do great, but this system structured this way doesn't fit them exactly. But you're a parent, you, yes. have, you see the way human nature and instinct works. Human nature and instinct are, are fuel, and I, I wanna hang on to this as long as I possibly can, is curiosity. Massive. Massive, you know, you watch a kid and even if that curiosity ends up, you know, right, putting the finger on the hot stove, right? But that's, what happens is we as a culture will knock that out of you. I know. You know, this is the way it is. Don't even think about that. This is what can happen. I, I saw you on somebody else's podcast talking about how, you know, we're very concerned about what happened in the past. We're very concerned about how th this may turn out and nobody except you, your, and your company, and me personally, yeah. just in my life, you and I do this for my own mental health, live in the now. How can we make now as, and I'll use the term profitable, but I, that doesn't mean money. That doesn't mean, or productive, you know, just like, how can I garner happiness? How can I feel like I've achieved something? How can I feel like I've done something? Fulfillment. In and you've always spoken to that. I think that people sometimes misinterpret this yep. as how can I be yep. successful and, yep. and is success money? Mm, I don't think you so. Know, that, you know, listen, I mean, I just wanna stop this podcast and go have dinner for nine hours because this is the only shit I like. Everything, yes. The answer is yes to what you just said. Yes. Like back to the now, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, you, that was in the context of advertising. You can't believe what's going on in advertising. It's so wild. They will hold up a billboard outside or a literally a newspaper ad or a television commercial and they will talk all day about AI is coming and let's do stuff in the metaverse and yet most of the Fortune 500 companies in the world barely think about social media advertising. It's insane to me. I, well, listen, I'm, I'm living right now in, in, in getting paid and enjoying the fact that I'm on broadcast television. You know? Broadcast television is, is, different, is different than television commercials. Every time I talk about advertising and marketing and entertainment, people are like, yeah, but Gary, people are watching live sports. I'm like, watching live sports has no correlation to are you watching the second commercial in between a Browns-Bears football game for Budweiser. So to your point. But the fact is, I just saw you on uh, CNBC talking about, you know, on Black Friday when Amazon is now the uh, the broadcaster of football. On Friday, the Black Friday game. On the Black Friday game. Yep. Uh, I would imagine, uh, just as a human being, just do it. If you see something right now. With a QR code, boom, boom, boom. Boom. My, bro- my brother did it during the game. The Gillette Razor commercial came up. Everybody now knows how to did use Did he really, key. or you just represent Gillette? He really did, and, <laughs> and, we, and we really represent <laughs> Gillette. I was gonna get to that point. He's like, I wanna see how this works, and he's, it was, it's just insane. Like, literally the commercial runs, he hits the QR code, it's Amazon, you know, which is the easiest shopping platform in the world. Right. And he's like, this, like we were talking about it, we're like, this is insane, like, look where marketing is now. Forget about like, you saw a great commercial, where's the beef? I saw that commercial in the 80s. I'm like, mom, I want to go to I want to go to to Wendy's instead of McDonald's. That was unheard of. That's how powerful that commercial was. That doesn't do it anymore. It, it does, by the way. It still does. Mr. Beast has something in his video. It still does. Oh, but but, but, but what, the what are you speed, saying? Just the fact the that AJ could buy the too. yeah, that's it. The accessibility it's because now on social friction. media, if you they want, I know that brands will want something on social media where they could put a link. So it's accessible right then, right there. You can buy it in that moment. But not that I'm shitting on my uh, bosses at social media, but I don't know that the companies are getting the same value they're not. On network here's, TV. Here's the good, your, your current bosses, like on network TV, the good news is they're all in the streaming and you know business, right? Like it's an evolution. Like you know this, cause you're an icon and, and this is fun to give roses as well. You grew up in the, in, the entertainment, Hollywood ecosystem. Well, let's get these kids, and I mean everybody who's listening to this, a lot of the biggest platforms came from radio to television. Right. Right? Some of the most iconic names that you probably, as a kid, your grandparents thought were the biggest stars, they started off on radio. Right. And then the television was invented. Right. And then they were on television. So when I had- And now it's social media. That's correct. And the television form is now going to be streaming. And streaming, Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, the way they're gonna sell ads looks more like Instagram and Facebook than it does look like NBC in 1995 because they have all the data. And when you have the data, you can make the ads more targetable. I don't wanna see ads that have nothing to do with me. Right, but what's really tough and what, listen, I'm an old guy. You're still a kid compared to me. I'm an old guy. These corporations are like the Titanic, you know? No and, shit. and they see the iceberg ahead and they can't steer away from it. Well, and I love that nothing is the same. And if you talk about radio, you look at what a hit was, what music sounded like in 1960, even in 1970, classic rock, which I love. Yeah. 
That's not, that doesn't speak to who is listening to music right now. Led Zeppelin does not sound like mumble rap from right. the south side of Atlanta, and that's evolution. Right. And But to your point, you know who else is a big ship going to an iceberg? No. Humans. Let me explain. The last, I love when people are like, oh, these corporations, they don't get it. They, they're slow. And I'm like, you were slow. Five years ago, I was making unlimited content saying, go to TikTok, go to TikTok, go to TikTok. But you, this is me talking to a friend. This is an actual conversation. I'm like, you had 500,000 followers on Instagram and that made you feel good. And even though you knew me and know I've always been right about this shit, you didn't have the humility to move to TikTok and start at zero because you were just nice and comfortable here. And do you know how many people listening right now that are influencers? all know exactly what I'm talking about, which is three, four years ago. No, I know it. They were like, no, I was just... following, I, I have 11 million followers on TikTok oh, because wow. of you, because I, I went there. I saw. Okay, so, but the point is. But, but, but real quick. Yeah. Because this is powerful. The fact that you did, and the fact that so many kids that intimately know me and follow me blindly, and fans that I'm friends with and acquaintances, all of them held on and didn't want to speaks to curiosity, not being a corporation. All those people are one person. They should have been able to move like this. Comfort is not good. No shit. Right, and I love being uncomfortable. Me I, too. I love, like even, I love thrill rides. I love going on roller coasters. Not I, me, because I have some sort of equilibrium thing that's <laughs> fucked up and I just throw up on people. I even like getting sick. Like no, on, you don't. No, well, you on don't. a ride. Yeah. What are you talking about? On Aren't a ride. Just, no, yeah. not, not yeah, yeah, a thermophobe. I don't want the flu. Yeah. To prove his point. I don't want a virus. No, no, I notice. Not I, you. He's yeah. going to be like, I like throwing up. No, no you don't. I like getting dizzy. What about I like dirt? What, what about dirt? No, that's different. I love dirt. That's uncomfortable. Well, then stay there. Disgusting. But I love the philosophy. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Now we're just jamming. What about people? Like, forget about, like, the joke about dirt, whatever. Like, what about people? Because one of the things that I'm fascinated by is my most curious and adaptable state is around other people. Here's the, my problem with people, and I agree with you. I love, and that's why I love social media. I love listening to people and learning from people. As somebody in, a, in the business that I'm in and what I'm known for, sometimes when I get around people, they're not... They don't share, they wanna hear me. They want me Makes to sense. be funny. They Makes want sense. me to perform. Makes they want sense. me to, so I'm always in a, in a very uncomfortable situation. Are but, you able to break that? Because as someone who's just now entering that phase, you know, I lived a long life where nobody knew, like I was just a you're normal famous. guy. Right. But now I'm aware of that. And so, but because I'm so thirsty to just chop it up and like do the thing that I think you like as well, I go very aggressively to, break that down as quickly as possible and make everyone feel comfortable and change the script and not me pontificate and fix their business or their life. Just like, do you feel like you go on, the, can you go on the offense to change that script? I find, I haven't been able to, but I have been able to. That's why I love social media. Right, That's yeah. why I'm in the businesses outside of show business that I'm in. You know, we were talking yep. about Proto before. Yep. The way that is, you know, I found that, I found a, and, and this is some of the other businesses that I'm in, I found them online. And I just slid into a DM and I go, how can I be part of this? You can use me for nothing. How entrepreneurial were you as a kid? Totally. So um, I don't have a GED. 
I don't have, uh, and I could never fit into whatever box. And maybe because I have a ADHD and, you know, I can never sit and focus. And if I'm not interested, it's hard for me to listen. I'm dead as well. But I love listening. I love, entertain me with information. Entertain me with a different way of doing things. Entertain me with something that looks and sounds original. Entertain me with something that is nothing I have ever seen or looked at or heard of before. So, uh, and, and that's, that was my thing. So I got thrown out of school, which set me into a, an incredible depression at 17. All my other friends were in school and they have grown and went to college and become incredibly successful. You in got business. thrown out because you were bad at it or you did something bad? Uh, they would say I did something bad. You know, I did pranks. Th- th- pranks. They're, they're, uh, I, I didn't really understand that I didn't have a TV show and I didn't have <laughs> friends. So I would do things that have ended up in as, as funny stories and ended up in movies. I, I wanted to get out of swimming. I threw a chocolate bar in the pool. <laughs> so it looked like somebody shit in the pool. And when the school showed up at the end of the day to look at the shit floating in the pool, I dived in and came up with it in my mouth, <laughs> which you're laughing at now. But at 15 years old, I was the most disgusting, immature piece of shit you could ever. I didn't have a friend in the world. So, so, um, and then I realized I don't come from a, you know, I come from a middle-class family mm-hmm. who didn't have a lot of money. And if mm-hmm. I wanted something, I had to do it myself. So at 12 years old, I got myself three paper routes in, in, uh, in apartment buildings. So I'd have 300 papers, you know, and yep. then I went out, uh, I worked in a warehouse at a carpet place and then I saw that they were selling the carpet. So I, I made a deal with a, uh, a finance company that if I went door to door and sold carpet, and sold it for $15 a month. Would you give me the money? And then I'd wear my mom's car to deliver the carpet. I opened up two locations. I just had a thought because it's just something just clicked for me that I've been a hazy thought. How much do you think there's a direct correlation of being comfortable on stage and losing to being able to ring doorbells and predominantly lose? So one of the reasons I thought public speaking came natural to me and I only started at 34 and it exploded. I was like, oh, this makes sense. I'm not scared. I'm so used to ringing doorbells and getting no's. This is different. This is the same thing as the crowd not responding to me. It's the same shit. I can get used to this. That way you were using different semantics. I am scared, but I like that feeling. Got it. It's got thrilling. It. If got you it. put me, I am comfortable with discomfort. Yeah, got it. I me love too. discomfort. Discomfort makes me, me feel alive. Yeah, me too. And the truth is what I do in my life, whether it's a comedian, whether it's a podcaster, whether it's sitting here and talking to you right now, is kind of out of my comfort zone. I'm not comfortable. I would be home. It'd be much more comfortable to be sitting at home with my wife and my kids and watching TV. But I love this because I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what I'm going to get out of it. And by the same token, coming from a middle-class Jewish suburb, growing up in an apartment building, you know, there was no entrance or even thought of entrance into show business, to being a comedian, to do what I do, to sit here in this warehouse that we're sitting in. This is not where I imagine myself being. And when I read into what you did, you know, your parents escaped Belarus in 1978, you came. So to see them come and start a new life, there's nothing more uncomfortable to come to a country that has a totally different language and culture and everything. And I'm sure as a young kid, you're- And pre-internet. So like the speeding up of getting conformed was impossibly hard. And saving up and opening up a wine store. And then you take that wine store Yes. To $60 million a year. I think that's because of the environment, the uncomfortable. 100%. 100%. It's an entrepreneurial, it's a consumer-centric energy. 
It's why I associate well with stand-up comics or people in entertainment, sports. It's merit-based. But you're so saying- So do you think that people yeah. that grew up that are comfortable are kind of at a disadvantage then? I do. You do? Well, I but do. we need I, them. We need them yes, because that's, and, that's and, our support. And by the way, many of them are able to work through that just like a lot of us that didn't have everything as easy have to work through our stuff. It, but do I think there is a, let, let me rephrase, in the way that I think you asked the question, mm -hmm. do I think it's hard to be hungry when you've always been fed? Yes. I think ambition is challenging in that scenario. But some take it the other way. I mean, these first of all, all these conversations are incredibly general. I have a friend who I think about every time, I'm thinking about him right now, which is why I'm saying it out loud, every time I talk about it's challenging if you come from a certain scenario to be hungry, his hunger came from his awareness that everyone always would think that he just started on third and a half base. And so he, and so he took that as motivation. And so like every human's different, but I do, do I think environment is a massive impact on a human being? Yes, I do. And so if you grow up in the East Coast in, in a certain era, uh, in New York City, New York, tri-state area, you're gonna be a certain type of character versus somebody growing up in a different environment. And I do think adversity is the foundation of success. I do believe that. But uh, you know, the fear factor, if you're willing to put Howie, yourself- I, I apologize, what do you think? About no, I agree. No, yeah. absolutely. Abs yeah. abs no, no. no, I agree with you. But I also think it could go the other way. It like can. even for I, I believe that I grew up very comfortably. Yes. I had a very different lifestyle than how he yep. grew up. Um, I do also think that I'm always trying to prove myself and Makes always sense. trying to prove that I'm not necessarily a nepo baby or get everything because you give it to me and because I work hard for the stuff that I that I do and that I achieve. And you so. I she was to. a very successful teacher in the inner city for 10 years. I, I actually have more empathy and compassion for her than you because I think about this every day. I so get you. It's why I jumped in. I apologize for interrupting. I think your point is so profound and such an important conversation. And now that we are starting to have terminology around it, to mm -hmm. your point, right? Napo baby. That's right. Well, I, now on the podcast, but I'm saying like even when I went into college, I refused to put his name on the... I'm, on the applications or like when I went. That's why I couldn't get <laughs> to visit. But like I wanted to know that I was getting in on my own merit, on my own hard work. It's the number one thing. I, I couldn't understand that more. The, the, the empathy and compassion I have for children who, because remember how you and I got the luck of the draw of certain DNA skill sets, right? Yep. Let's just play it out. And it's very common for our children to potentially get that as well. The difference is, to your point, I think it's harder. I actually believe this. I think that it is harder emotionally if you are someone who's wired a certain way to have your circumstance with a dad like that than the reverse. Absolutely. Yeah, because you can never win. No, and, and they go through a hard time. You know, my son who is, you know, this is gonna sound like Nepo Baby, but he's the producer of this podcast. He's only the producer of this podcast because he has a huge- um, uh, Face? <laughs> Well, I see, see it, you. I'm seeing it. It's no, you, you see my son? Yeah, I see him, I'm looking right at him. Big uh, face. Okay, he's got a big good face. Good face. <laughs> but he is, I'm not equally proud of all my children, but I, about 20 years ago, yep. I called him, he's in his mid thirties now. I called him at home at two o'clock in the afternoon and I woke him up and I said, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? You he's gotta, sleeping, dad. Right, 
Yeah. He, he was sleeping. Yeah. And I said, you gotta get it. You gotta get a job. I mean, being yeah. a parent, yeah. you gotta get a job. You got He goes, I, I work. I go, what do you mean you work? He goes, I was up all night working. I go, what were you doing? He goes, well, we were downtown dropping balloons off the buildings. And I go, I don't understand that that's a job. And this is before I knew what YouTube was. Love. And what happened is, it, it, I'll, I'll just backtrack because we don't have I to I thought it was to, balloons of cocaine. I was like thinking yeah. this shit was going to go crazy. That's up the ass. I was, not the guy, the guy. That's I was like, this guy's a genius. I was he excited. was jamming them up his ass. That's I was, like, not I was getting the, excited. Yes. <laughs> But 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 uh, what happened was he started when YouTube started, yep. and when we used to, and then he realized, well, I don't need to be on camera. I'm noticing that all these influencers need uh, need co content. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do? I'm creative. I'm going to sell them. I'm going to do content for everybody else and share in their ad revenue. Love. So he has a, a ton of things. I remember. I don't know if you remember the mouth guard challenge in our mm -hmm. He created that. That's awesome. You know, and then sold it and licensed it and made a ton of money doing that. He did a, a lot of things that you see influencers doing. My son has a hand in, and he's behind the scenes and everything. But that was incredibly entrepreneurial. Makes and, sense. And everything that she has done and her sister has done, I don't know what I instilled except for the fact that I instilled that success. Success is for me is not money, is Correct. not notoriety, Correct. is not likes. It's the ability to get up each and every day and kind of be excited about what you're going to do. There is no confusion to me of what you connected with when you started seeing what I was saying. And I, could I, not I have not heard another way. voice that went, oh my God, this kid, this is what I've been, you're much more eloquent. You sell it a lot better than I've ever sold it. Because I just, and, and that's why I think that everybody, and maybe I, I probably have a little bit of a different audience than you, you gotta follow Gary V. Not to become wealthy, not to become successful, to figure out how to live your can life. I, can I jump in right now? Go ahead. You just, something just happened that I'm like obsessed with. Not to be wealthy, check, fully agree. Not to be successful. That one is probably gonna be my next 50 years. If we can somehow, and you said it, if we can somehow redefine success in popular culture, we will change this fucking world. Well, what killed right? me- Because, right, like you I said- think you're I know you agree with me. And I think words matter, back to eloquence and like <laughs> semantics. If we can redefine success to waking up and being calm. Do you know how many people- wake Or up? happy, excited. Yeah. Happy, joyful, calm. Like, like, man, if I could just eliminate the anxiety of the world around dumb shit, the shit that people are anxious about. But not only anxious about, unhappy about. You know, when when in in traditional radio, which yes. barely exists anymore, yes. the term we're, hump, do, we're hump, doing it right now. It's yeah. just called it's new. Yeah, yeah, but hump day. Yes, you know that term. Of course, Wednesday. hump day is Wednesday, which is halfway through the shit you don't want to do. You get to the weekend just so you don't have to do the shit you one, don't want to do. Of my, one of my most successful posts in the history of my 15 year content career was if you live for the weekends, your shit is broken. Right. And I know this because school was a disaster for me. And when I tell you Friday was, do you know, I should have been a weatherman, Howie. Why? When I tell you that when there was a potential snow day, yeah. I turned into literally a scientist. I would, I knew everything. I mean, I, the Doppler radar, was the most, I probably had a poster of the Doppler radar <laughs> in my high school. Like, I disliked school so much that I would live 
for Friday at 3 p.m. Lived for it, lived for it. And that was fine and I understood that. And then somewhere in my 30s when this all started happening, I was like, wait a minute. Because then I went into my happy zone, a grown up and lived. Right. I was like, wait a minute. This is how most people live their life? Yeah. This is not sustainable. I knew I was getting out at some point. This is what people are doing for 50 years. And that got me passion. That's why I talk about what I talk about. But, even but is it a, isn't it is it a problem with people and individuals or our society and businesses culture. and culture and the way that corporations and work, maybe the older generation, look at the way you're supposed to. Num- number one, your point is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know where you're going and I'm a yeah. buyer. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with human accountability. It's so hard though for the younger generation every, every, to go in there and be like, I want to value. Every, everything is hard. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Life is, like, I, no, I love where, this is a very interesting topic because mm-hmm. I, I'm a buyer. Mm-hmm. I, look, I love America. I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I love capitalism. But when things go too far, it's not good. Like, to your point, popular culture of what's good and what's successful. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm like such a buyer of like, what do we put out in culture, right? But I also think it goes both ways. Let me explain. So where you're going, I'm such a buyer of. If it's pounded in our face constantly, this is what success looks like, it's hard. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, we do things like give eighth place trophies to kids now because we, we think that's the right thing to do. Like we're always as a society gonna get into places where we go too far left, too far right, which is why the first part matters, which is if you don't have the capacity to be humanly um, accountable to you, here's a good example, back to fatherhood and kids, your, your parents told you things, the world told you things. There are things that you decided to do differently. Right. The end. So just because the world's telling you a fucking Gucci belt is the right thing, well, I'm telling you it's not. So who are you gonna listen to? This person or that person? There is always a counter voice. And, and a lot of counter voices. There's unlimited people that tell you money's horrible. Well, and, not- cor- and corporations are horrible. To me, this, but this is an important point. I, I think this is very big because I don't think the, there's right. Mm-hmm. I think there's right for you. And the more that we give the power away and blame parents, corporations, social media, this, that, and the other thing, the further we're getting away from the truth, which is we're capable. I believe I'm in more humans. talking you about- just, You just hit it though. That's my problem. My problem is you have to know that you are responsible. Listen, as somebody who's really deep into mental health. Yes. Um, you are responsible for your own well-being. You really are. Nobody else is. You're responsible for your own happiness. If somebody else is making you unhappy, that's just how you are reacting. That person, you can't change that person. That's right. You can only change how you react to that person. And all the divisiveness that we have in our world now, politically yes. and, and Social. socially, yeah. is because people go, well, we hate them. You know what they're doing? This is why I can't afford. This is why I'm not up there. This is why I'm not happy. And that doesn't take away systematic truths. Like, well, when you go off the gold standard, when there's a bigger separation of wealth, like I'm, I'm not an absolutist. I'm very purple when it comes to a lot of these conversations. I don't find myself very red or blue. No, either do I. But, and so to your point, I believe in everything you said, comma, there's also other macro circumstances, right? Like there's a million things that go on in life. Here's my thing though. The second you decide that you can't, it's over. That's my point. You know, like, I can believe in systematic anything, racism, corporate issues. I, I see them. I believe them cold. The problem is there's too many people like you walking around the world that are happy and content and successful. So if that's true, there are other variables involved and that becomes your variable. 
And one thing I know for sure is the world is how you see it. If you decide there's shit and it sucks and it's the worst, you can find it all day long. And if you decide it is good and opportunistic and good, you can absolutely find it all day long. And so the question becomes, do you have the capacity to adjust if it isn't going well? Well, in, in, in very understandable black and white terms, there are people that make more money in a market correction you know, when it crashes than they do when it's booming. So you found a way to have the negative work for you and- Yeah, or, or the things I stay up at night and think about, which is when I think about somebody in my life who makes $67,000 a year and genuinely enjoys every day and wakes up Monday through Sunday thrilled and has the things that make them feel fulfilled, their family, a job that they like that's only nine to five because that's why they're making 67,000, but that gives them unlimited capacity to be part of the bowling team and go to everything that their kids do and it allows them to work on their music at night and they are thrilled and the, uh, and the way more people I know that make millions of dollars a year that are in dark ass places. I can go in my phone right now from A to Z and rattle off off the record to you one by one, hundreds of people I actively know right now that are not in good places who make unlimited money. Well, I'll tell you, I've had a lot of struggles mentally and just maintaining happiness and I, I'm, I do well and have done well, but I, I, you know, and my issues are uh, biological sometimes. That's right, and, 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 that's you a know, circumstance. That is a circumstance. And it's a but, real one for people. But I've figured out how to, uh, well, this is I have why coping you, skills. This is why you have so much conviction for this subject. You, you have so much conviction for this subject because a lot, you, when you have biological issues, that's much harder than systematic issues. Right. And so you've found your way to work through it. And so you, you are deeply passionate that you know there's other people on the other side of this listening and they don't think they have a capacity and they do. We all do. We, know, we brother, all have a capacity. It. Why do you think I'm so fucking happy every day? I believe- I Are believe, you a happy guy? Yes, I'm an extremely happy guy. Do you work hard to be happy? Is no. it something you constantly work at? No. no. No, I don't. Or I do constantly. Let's talk it through. My natural reaction to you is no. I don't know what part of me, let's talk about, let's break it down because I think you'll find this interesting. My, my mom lost her mom at five. My dad lost his dad at 15. I can tell you the majority of my childhood, I thought about my parents dying. It was a constant flow. So I constantly worked in my head as a seven, nine, 11, 13 year old child. Hey, I woke up, hey, this is another day that they're here. This is good. This is a good day. So I naturally say to you, no, I don't have to work at it because now I'm at a 48 year old state and I forget and I'm trying to tap in harder to like talk this through with you. Mentally, I always am talking to myself about perspective. Glass I, half full. Yes, I think about things, I'll tell, this is like real life to me. I know it's a little weird or not talked no. about as much, but I'll sit here, I'll do this podcast. This is so lovely what we're doing now, I'm enjoying this. And I'll then like literally take the feelings I have right now, which is a lot of joy and energy. And like, as we transition and walk out and talk with team photos, talk a little bit, talk about this startup, like as we do that, a part of my brain will be like, hey, this will really happen. Hey, Gar, do you know since you've been here with them, like a lot of people passed away in a bad car accident? Wow. Yeah, Howie, I told you, it's a little Not weird. Not so much half full anymore. <laughs> no, we just it, dumped no, out that water. No, it's actually, I would almost call it extreme gratitude. It's this constant flow in my head of like just deep gratitude. And it's a constant conversation. And so it's funny, I acted very fast and say to you, no, but boy, I'm not sure how many people 
on earth walk around and are constantly talking to themselves about perspective and keeping shit simple and like just be grateful for what's going and yes, this is challenging, this is hard in personal life, this is hard at work, but like fuck, as long as these 17, 10, nine people that are closest to me are healthy, then like today's a great fucking day and that helps me a lot. So, uh, so maybe I am working at it. So, and it, it's a constant, there's nobody that's just happy. Happiness doesn't happen, contentment doesn't happen, Relationships don't just happen. Well, that one's it's for a, sure. It's a, it's a, it's Because a, the it's, first one's one-on-one -on -one basketball. It's you with you. Right. You start bringing another variable in, that's a whole nother world. And not to be negative, but you know, the longer you live, I'm an old guy, the longer you live. How old are you? You said it 14 times in this fucking show. I know, I just had a birthday <laughs> yesterday. Uh, Did you? Yeah, 68. It's great, I just turned 48. Right, so I got 20 years on you, I was an adult. I was almost of drinking age when you were born. No, you were actually, it used to be 18 in your era. Uh, not in Canada. Canada. I'm, from, I'm <laughs> Canadian. It. No, Canada it was, 18. was 18. It was 18. It's 19 now. Yeah. Then my parents lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think my parents lied. I think just you're so old you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the first thing you said. No, but. But what I'm saying is. Howie, how about this really though? Old. Actually, let's talk about that. I love that. Let's talk about this something. A little back to more sunshine. How about the fact, could you have ever imagined at 20 years old that 68 year old you would be this hungry, this alive, this many more plans of the no. future. I know. So tell these kids out here. So that was the thing. Twenty-seven years old, and they think their life's over. Here's what I say. Thank you. Here's what I say. This is my philosophy. Please. My philosophy is yes. It's just yes. Never say no. No is N O. N O are the first two letters of the word nothing. Nothing comes from no. If you say yes, even if it's a horrible experience, you learn something and by the and and everything good that has happened in my life, everything different has come out of yes. I was an entrepreneur. Why are you laughing? I feel like you guys should go on tour together for motivational speaking. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, no, no. First of all, that's probably right, but you have to come with us. Really? Yeah. yeah she's got no. two kids at home. <laughs> no. <laughs> she doesn't follow my philosophy. No. But here's here's the thing. You know, I was. Can I, uh, I, can I interrupt? Yeah. Let's talk about this moment we just had. Uh-huh. How much do you think of what me and dad are talking about right now is delusional? Real talk. No, I don't think any of it. Well, I've heard it my whole life. Right. So to me, it's second nature. Like I hear this all the time. So I don't think it's delusional. Keep breaking it down for me. So you've heard what? it all your life. Uh -huh. you, you obviously have now, like from, a, from the beginning to where we are now. Mm -hmm. She doesn't practice it. Yes, I do. Yes, I ish. do. Ish. Well, maybe ish. Yeah, but, maybe ish. But by the way, honestly, what I'm trying to do right now is like, mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with value. I'm thinking right now also, like people are listening to this, mm -hmm. right? And like, what could we bark up what tree can the three of us bark up right now that might unlock a sentence that generally positively impacts someone? And what I'm sensing, and it's why I love it, because I, I actually find it very valuable, the energy that's in this room right now. What part of it is ish? Is it the part that you asked me earlier of like, does it come natural to you? Do you like default into? You are both, it's very foreign to me because I am a very anxious person and have social anxiety and most of my thoughts have to do with how people view me. Bingo. Yeah, so I Got I it. am fearful and I say no often because I'm always fearful of how others are gonna perceive me. First of all, I love you with all my fucking heart. I'm being dead fucking serious with you. The thing that just happened in the last minute is what I spend every waking hour on. If we can somehow as a society double click into that because I believe everything that is a struggle is based on that. I mean, 
take it to the fucking moon. Bring up any, you wanna bring up, you wanna bring up any issue. I will tell you right now, that is something I'm spending ungodly amounts of time on, which is, God, that's hard. I'm so, I so get it. Like, the thought of that is such a challenge and people live their entire lives based on it. We live it, that's, that's our culture. Why do you get up, why do you comb your hair before you answer the door? You know, why, why do you even put your fingers through your hair? Because when you answer the Howie, door- why do you put your fingers through your hair? <laughs> because it's in the other room and I wanna get in there where it's cooler. Yes. But here's, but, but what, I was, what I was about to say, like even for, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really feeling it. Because I think it's gonna go. Because I think what- I'd rather hear you I think than what, me. No, it's funny, I'd rather hear her than us. Because I, okay. I actually think Jackie. she's tapping in. I think Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack, I think you're tapping into the biggest conversation in our society. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I think it, I'm gonna throw a weird one at you. I think it's because most people lack empathy. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. If, if you worry about somebody's judgment, which makes sense, everyone has a version of that. We all do. When someone doesn't reciprocate nicely to your outfit, to the words you said, to whatever it is, to whatever, the way you live your life, something in my brain, and it took me a long time to realize this is what I was doing because all this stuff gets, got me there. I feel bad if someone's mean to me, for them. Right, and I haven't gotten there yet. I, I know. I, and I've gone through years of therapy and yes. talking about it yes. with my social anxiety and stuff, and I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't tapped into... How about the empathy part? What do you mean? I have empathy. When, so when, but you don't feel bad for them when they don't react well to you. No, it that, makes me feel bad. No shit, this is, I'm going back to it. Mm-hmm. Empathy. Let's, take, let's break this down. Someone wants to hurt you that can only mean they're hurt. Can it? I yeah. mean, does it? Yeah. It's completely foreign to someone to hurt someone for no damn reason when they're in a good place. It's completely foreign. So uh, can I argue with you for a second? Uh, that's the only reason we're here. Okay, <laughs> to argue? I said, come yes. on on and argue with me. I the, thought we were gonna have some lunch or something together. No, but the, here, here's the thing. As somebody, and you must Please. feel this more, as somebody who is a public figure, yes. and, and like I am, I'm fascinated by the fact that somebody feels that they have the carte blanche to say things to you and they me. They do. They no, they don't. Of course they do. So when I first shaved my head, I remember. I see somebody in an elevator and they go, "Oh, you shaved your head. You had such beautiful curly hair. You look so much better with hair." Who says that to somebody? Somebody who's deeply subconscious, not in a great place. You really think so? I really do. I believe without even realizing it. Something's going in a way where they're in a need for raz. They're in resentment. They're, they're, there's, I, yes, I believe it. Actually, it might be the only thing I believe in. I'm serious, that's how much I believe in it. I believe that they, not always consciously, but subconsciously decided in their moment with you to decide to do something that would actually raz you or hurt you because they are not in a good place. I really believe that. That would never in a million years happen to me to do to somebody else. Oh, me too. I am so concerned about, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want- That's called empathy. No, that's a big part of- And it comes in two ways. Jack's absolutely right. I don't think Jackie would do that either. No, never. I'm always concerned about whether or not I hurt someone's feelings. That's part of my anxiety too. But number two's the big one. The empathy, the second tier of the empathy in this conversation Mm -hmm. is understanding when someone's doing something wrong, it's about them, not you. It's detachment from you. 
it's, it's, that's so powerful to me. The truth is it doesn't really matter what somebody thinks of you. It's not changing your life. What but, they think of you. But that's, e that's easy to say. Mm -hmm. But when it, your chemicals feel it, it's impossible. I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll find, this is very weird. I'm sorry, Jackie. But <laughs> I'm going to give you the example, but okay. this is why I can attach with it. So I, I apologize. This so is an intervention. Uh, no, honestly. I, know, I, I didn't intervention know that this was going to be. <laughs> I was having trouble with my child and Gary <laughs> V showed up and just made her a better person. First of all, I like her quite a bit. No, I really, I really feel for right. this. You're, this is, I, now you're gonna, I'm gonna completely lose you. I feel like yeah. maybe something good's happening here and I'm about to lose everyone, including okay. the audience. Let me explain why I understand this. Okay. I understand this because I'm a New York Jets fan. <laughs> I'm telling you, please well, stick. My that. husband told me to bring this up to you, by the way, because he? he's a Jets fan. Okay, too. first of all, I knew I liked you. What's his, what's his name? Alex. Alex, I fucking really <laughs> like you. Can't wait to have, I'm being serious. Yeah. There's one place in my life where. You can't have success. <laughs> where, where I really have envy. Where I really have envy. Mm -hmm. Where I really have negative feelings that I can't control, where I don't feel great. And it's watching jet games. I'm being serious. I have I tremendous issues with like Patriot fans. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like you, and, it's, and, and I see it manifest in my behavior. And, and, and it's just really, and I, and I attack, and I razz, and I do things, and, um, and I don't feel good about, like it's very easy for me to tap into the way people think about politics and the way people think about other things in the world based on that. And it's because I'm not in a good place. Cause I, and here's the big one, and you're gonna love this back to accountability, and it's also because I'm not in control. Oh, there you go. Got it, all my feelings are wrapped up in what they're doing, and I can't do anything about it. So when you think your parents did everything and you can't do anything about it, and you spend your entire life blaming your parents, you're dead. When you think it's the president, if Biden does, if Trump does, if you think it's a government, well then you're dead. Like, people don't get it. They don't. They don't. You are actually fully in control. You, you don't, uh, ready? We have an election year coming up. You don't like who wins? Move to Sweden. You can. You don't like it? It's so bad, this is the worst? Move. Or how does it really affect your well, personal this, life? This is where people got into in the 70s and 80s after a lot of social discontent in the 60s. They're gonna go through it again. You're gonna start realizing like crying about it 24 seven surely doesn't accomplish anything. Right. And so just, it's a game of understanding people. And I think- for, Or understanding yourself. Well, sure. And so like, look, insecurity is a natural human trait. But how does having empathy for that other person that's putting you down, how does that help you? It's, first of all, it changes the framework of the Isn't whole, it better to not care? Not care is not possible when you're insecure. You're insecure because you care about what everybody thinks. You by nature are that. So it's not gonna do you any good. Me and you saying, Jackie, don't care. She's like, okay, fuck faces, cool for you. But like, it's just not how my chemicals work. That'd be like telling you and I, stop doing shit. Like, it's just not wired that way. What it does is it adds a layer of perspective that can be worth thinking about. Which is, which is all of a sudden, Jackie's like, something happens and somebody says something and it would be a normal thing that she would normally get upset about, judging the way she parents or something about Alex or, or real shit, about you, like real shit. I'm not talking funny, real quick, Howie. And all of a sudden, instead of being like, going into her feelings, she's created a pattern of like, man, Susan the neighbor must be going through some tough shit because there was really no reason for her to say that. And so it takes her energy to a different place. 
It's interesting because I've never had, I always have him or my husband's like, why does it matter? It Just does like, matter. Don't listen to it them. I'm that like, it doesn't compute that, in that, my head like that's that. That's right, Jack, I fully disagree with them. It won't work for you. What will work for you is the teacher that said that or, or your dad saying this or me saying that. Why did we say that? As if- Why we, did you yell at me the other day? You must be in a really bad place, dad. By the way, I, yeah, <laughs> it's fixed now. Yeah, is it? And I'm sorry about leaving you at the circus. Oh, thank you. You left her at the circus. Yes, I accident? think this is where a lot of my issues <laughs> might have came from. Well, good news. That sucks, comma, <laughs> comma. <laughs> Always think of the positive. No, but your your parent left you at the circus. Yep. But there's a positive. Of course, go for it. I don't know. I don't know it yet. You go. That you get to make fun of him on a podcast about it. Oh, there we go. You're Ta-da. a shit parent, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Jack, listen, you, you, and Jack, you know what happens? Yeah. To, you know what happens to everybody? What? What happens is one day your kids are going to tell you everything that you sucked at. Uh huh. Oh that, no, I hear it all the time. That's yeah, right. I hear it already. To tell her yeah, my nine-year-old tells me all the time. Oh, wait till that nine-year-old's twenty-three. So, do you feel bad for her because she's doing that? No, no, no. No, I feel bad for me. <laughs> I'm telling you, nine and twenty-three are two different games. Well. I was really, I was horrible when Did I was Did your a parents kid. support you? Fully. It, it, even in your- it, Everything. As a student? Co- yes, my mom, couple things. First of all, my dad had no clue what was going on. He worked every minute of my life. Right. Literally didn't meet the guy until I was 14. Okay. My, even though he, I, we slept under the same roof every night. I get it. And I admire that. Okay. There's, you know, of course I would have loved for him to, like when my brother was 11 years younger and he went to his basketball game, I'm like, I wish he went to one of my baseball. Of course, what kid doesn't? Right. But back to thinking about them, you know, man, this man came from another country at 22. Right. We lived in this, like when you start deploying empathy for them, when you make, when you make nothing about you, when you make nothing about you, shit gets real interesting real fast. You seem to have a lot of answers, but you seem to be and, and I, one of my biggest um, tools yes. for um, just being able to survive is is uh, I, I kind of distract myself by being busy. Do you ever turn off and and uh, constantly really? And are yeah. you good with yourself? Yeah, you I are. Like, I equally like being lonely, like by myself, as I do being with everyone. Look, I, I'm. My, let me, let, let me go a different direction where I think you're going. Let me talk to you about my kryptonite, the things that were tough for me. Go ahead. Gary V on a podcast, Candor King. Candor King. Gary Vaynerchuk, the real human being, if I care about you at all, Dustin, Tyler, people that worked for me, couldn't deliver it if it was bad news. Hated the conflict. Did not want to tell people. Always thought I could figure out a different way to How get How do you there. run a company like that? When you're so uncomfortably talented, you can disguise it. But when I had to look at myself in my early 40s called six, seven years ago and was like, wait a minute, if I'm such a great guy and, I'm, and I don't care about the, if I'm all what I want to be, why are there people that have worked for me that don't feel great about me? You gotta be accountable, right? And what I realized was when I really sat down and had that chapter with myself, it's because they were surprised when I fired them. Cause I wasn't able to give them candor along the way. Howie, have a great weekend. You're working for three years. Everything's literally, we've never had one conversation of anything going wrong. Friday, you and I are walking in the warehouse. Howie, have the best fucking weekend, bro. Fucking have the best weekend. Da-da-da. Monday, you come in. Howie, can you see me for a few minutes? Howie, listen, we're gonna have to let you go. 
the fuck are you talking about, Gary? Like, bro. And then in my brain, I'm like, Howie, you've sucked for two and a half years. Everyone knows it. Like, why are you making, like, and I would put it on them. I wasn't accountable that I didn't have the gear in me to tell them the things that weren't wrong. My capacity was very high because I didn't value the money enough. I like to be a coach and a guidance counselor. I want to build them up. I, I, I knew in those three years I'd figure out a different way to get them. Eventually, to your point, how do you run a company like that? Eventually there's a tipping point. But instead of being accountable that it was on me for not doing the things ahead of time to not surprise them, I would blame them of like being like delusional. So have you changed that? Trust me, I would not be talking about it out loud if I haven't changed it. So there's that, and that's really difficult for you. Very difficult, and it's it's back to work. The reason I believe, like, health and wellness. I was 38 years old, I didn't have a muscle in my body, and I ate nothing good. And I just one day, at 38 and a half, said, when I get to be 40, when on my 40th birthday, I'm gonna start taking care of myself. Not right in that moment, you were gonna, gonna wait two years <laughs> to do it? When you don't do something for 38 years, it's hard to think about doing it. But by the time it's I- It's easy went, to think about doing it, it's hard to do it. I always call it where there's smoke, there's fire. Most of the best things that have ever happened to me, have sat in my head for a year. So you're giving yourself realistic expectations as opposed to just saying, I'm starting right this moment, knowing that you well, probably- Well, what happened in this one was by the, you'll love this. I was in Houston. I was on a plane, head in the window. I was like, fuck. Like, just like, I love life. And like, I need to live longer. Like, like I can't be out here telling people good things to think about and not trying to make myself better. This health thing is not good. Like, not that, by the way, there was nothing wrong. It was nothing like I got a bad doctor report. I was just being self-aware and accountable. I was like, I don't do anything right. This is probably gonna run out at some time. I don't go to the gym and I don't eat well. And so here's the cool part, Jack. I, that, I go, okay, on my 40th, like I literally, I'm like trying to, on my 40th birthday, somewhere between Houston and New York, somewhere over like Tennessee or something, I'm like, why wait to 40? I'm gonna do 39, six months, 39. By the time I landed, I called a former trainer that I like backed out on like 31 out of 35 sessions and said, I need help, and I figured out something. My greatest places when I'm a leader, I feel very accountable to them. And so once I figured out if I hire a full-time trainer who's really with me and travels with me, I'm not gonna wanna let him or her down, it was him, him down, and that worked for me and it shifted. And because that came so hard for me, still to this day, I've been working out and eating much better for 10 years, every day I wake up, I don't wanna do it. Every day. But because I worked through it, I believe in what I said to you now, that if just for some way you tweak it and you decide every time someone shits on you that you feel bad for them and hope they're better versus focusing on what you're feeling about their judgment, I don't know if that's gonna work for you or not. I don't, I'm hoping it, hurt, it helps one or two people that are listening because it's a real perspective shift and I've watched it in my face change people's lives. Oh, listen, you're speaking, you're preaching to the-, the You know the what? what? In these comments now, all the shitty comments I'm gonna get, which might be a few, I'm gonna respond and say, I feel bad for you. you hey, should. Jack. Hey, Jack. I feel bad for you. Hey, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that as I built my career, I basically built my career on Twitter from 2007 to 11. What are you? What is your career? What, what do you- I'm an work? entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. I'm an operator. I run, I run a, a 2100 person advertising agency, which is, I'm the day-to-day -day CEO. I run right. V Friends, which is my pokey. I mean, love this, Bobby. Like, I always want, when I saw you do this years ago, what, yes. this is like 20 years now, right? Yeah, 91. More than 20. 30. Yeah, good. He did the math. 
<laughs> yeah, like when that, like I've been watching animation, like Bob, like I've been watching. I heard this. you. You just yeah. signed a deal, right, to I'm, do a I'm, show. I, I created this Pokemon meets Sesame Street brand called V Friends. Yes, I operate that every day. Like on the drive in between these podcasts, I'm on business meetings. Like I'm a purebred entrepreneur, but the but the new version of everyone has the capacity to have a platform to communicate. Who's their, producing it? What's that? Your show. Oh, you mean, uh, so I am. So Eric Wattenberg used to be at CA. We started a production company called Vayner Watt. And so we're, we're making it. But I think everybody now has the capacity to have a platform, whether they're famous to 15 people or to 5,000 or to 50 million. Like the things are changing in society. But I like when I can see that people are trying to both do something for themselves, but do something for others in their platform, and that's cool. Do you feel Please. more pressure now because you do have such a big audience that listens to you and values your opinion that when you say something, they take it to heart and they list, they like, they like, will do it, whether it's business I don't, advice I don't, or... I don't feel it as pressure, uh -huh. but I do feel it as responsible. I, do, I am thoughtful about it in a way that I used to not be. Mm -hmm. Now, the good news is I've always known I've had good intent. It's not like, it's been, it's light for me Cause I know, like I always tell my team, I'm like, intent is how we judge our team. Cause business is always a gamble. Like it is, it, it really is. is. And so and yeah. some people have less to gamble on and they, and they listen to. Well, the good news is I'm never saying like, go do this. Right. I'm saying like, here are some things out there. Be self, like my, it's easy for me because I'm not looking for absolutes. I'm not like, you need to buy real estate in Texas. Right. I'm saying things like, are you self-aware? Do you know what you like? Are you reverse engineering strengths and interests here are some macro trends. There's things going on on TikTok. Uh, I'll give one right now. TikTok Live is a beast. Is, How, is a beast. Howie, right now, if you went on TikTok Live for three hours a day, yeah. you would be flabbergasted. You what should it, do the, you should do the, ooh. Like, the, you know, the girls that do, like every time they get a gift, they do like a different move <laughs> oh, and <yeah>. a song. <laughs> <laughs> are you are saying you want him to do an OnlyFans? Or is like, that what it is? Yeah, is it sure. like OnlyFans? Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's not, not OnlyFans. Yeah, no, I know she's talking about. I know, the, the digital love. gifts. Of course I know what she's talking Listen. <laughs> but what are you saying? I'm just so, saying so, this for the whole audience of entrepreneurs and you included. TikTok, so the way I see the world is there are moments in time where attention on a platform is misunderstood or underestimated. Okay. 1980s HBO stand-up special. Yeah. TRL on MTV in the 90s. Right. Um, what I do for a living, five years ago TikTok or email marketing in 1997, right. how I built my daddy's liquor store. Okay. So I'm always watching for underpriced distribution in media landscapes. Right. The current one as we sit here this second is TikTok Live. For three, because I'll go on TikTok Live a lot, but I, I, you know, I'll spend a half hour. The longer the better, because the way that algo's working and the way I'm seeing it from my perch is TikTok is really testing their live product and they're helping more exposure for the people that are committing more to the platform. So the longer you're on it, you're growing, unlike a platform like Instagram Live where you go on and you can see the audience dip. Right. Because all they're doing is informing your entire audience and then everyone comes and then a percentage goes away. What TikTok's doing is you go live and it's showing up in the algorithms and people are discovering you. Wow. Can I go on TikTok Live now? No, let's no. not, let's not. Why? Because you no. always do this. I don't wanna do it right well, now. You gotta go? Yep. You have to go? Yep. Now? <laughs> Ish. No. Okay, so TikTok Live is a thing. No, but I'll wrap it up because I want to. I want to show you something. We'll wrap it up. I I could talk to you for days and days and days. I love you. I, I never you miss back, a brother. post. You're, 
Uh, I think, and I, I wish, I, I wish, I just, I'm sorry to interrupt, and I, I'm sure, by the way, that's something that I gotta work on too, I get too excited, but you can't imagine how that makes me feel. You are a fucking legend. Well, so are you. Yeah, but like, you're 68, so you've been doing it longer. And it just- I didn't become a legend, and I'm just a legend just because I'm old now, but you no, are- No, <laughs> but what's interesting is, you're my favorite kind of legend. But here's the thing, I do what I do without knowing or have been able to articulate what I do. You articulate, I go, listen to this kid. I was watching you and I go, and I've showed you his stuff. I go, this is what I keep telling you. Mm -hmm. Look at this. But, but, but what's cool about this is what I mean, is that all of us, me, you, Jack, Dustin, Tyler, the crew, we always have tweaks, right? I loved what you said about, you know, Alex and your dad, like saying, who cares, who cares? My, we may be saying the same thing, but it's these, this is the point. It's slight tweaks and perspectives that can actually unlock. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think telling someone who does care about it, don't care, that just doesn't work. What I think is go to a deeper truth, which is, man, could you actually imagine living, like no, no bullshit for the three of us, could you imagine living a life where you spend most of your time trying to hurt other people's feelings? Because that's what a lot of people do. I don't know that they're aware of it. They're not. So they're they think unhappy. they think they're keeping it real. So when I say subscribe and comment, I mean do it in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, are you anything you want uh, them to go to? Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese is nice. <laughs> no, uh, I want them to go to within themselves and like finally realize like why not let this be the podcast that unlocked a finally a different conversation with yourself and you can realize you can get out of the shitty marriage, you can lose weight, you can quit a job, you can start the thing. Like, fuck, you're gonna be dead forever. And So you know, your like, advice is to quit the job, leave your wife, and so there's gonna be a lot of depressed <laughs> no, like, single people like, that are unemployed. But like, or, or before you get to that extreme, how about having something I struggle with? How about having a candorous conversation with your boss and tell them what you're struggling with respectfully? How about talking to your spouse about the things that you're struggling with? Look, this is me talking about shit, I'm giving myself advice. Candor to the people around me is the core thing I need to work on, but the one thing I don't have to work on is fear. And I think the world runs on fear, and you need to figure out why you're scared. Whose judgment? Do you know how many people don't do things because they're worried about what their mom's gonna think? Everyone. Everyone. You got it, my man. And by the way, that doesn't mean who gives a fuck about your mom or fuck your mom, that doesn't mean that. It means be empathetic to why she thinks what she thinks but you have to live your life because you're gonna resent everyone if you don't. Except don't fuck your mom. No, definitely don't do that. That was more fuck, yeah. comma, mom. I know, I, but they I, don't I see, yeah. I don't, a lot got of people they, You didn't listen. see the comma, yeah, I got it. They didn't see it. Okay. You're the best, I love buddy. you, brother. Thank you for having you. me on. Thank you. This Jackie, is, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gary Vee. <laughs> Boom. That was great. It was fun. You're great. Really? Oh. <laughs> this is uh, Rich. She has an infection. <laughs>